back in, 8 o'clock hour. As the Black Keys play you into the final hour here on 610 Sports Radio, 913-586-7610. As uh, we do this every night on After Hours, um, we get to the out of left field question. I always love this time of the night because it lets me know we're on the home stretch. Not that I don't get tired of doing this, but it lets me know who's still out there. Again, the question tonight was, what is a Christmas or holiday tradition that you or your family does that you're almost positive no one else does? Nathan, I always give the opportunity. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? You're so kind. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, thank you very much. Something that I do every year and I've done it every year since I was able to drive. Now, I've always had a job, so I've been able to budget myself around the holiday to know what we get my family. And on my dad's side, we do the Secret Santa. So we draw names on Thanksgiving, and everybody gets somebody a gift. It's got to be $100 or less. We don't want you to go out there and buy dad like a, you know, brand new razor kit that costs like $250. No, no. But one thing that I do every single year, I've done since I've been 16, is on Christmas Eve, I wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I do all of my Christmas shopping. Everybody's open. Nobody's shopping. People are shopping, but they're going to like Hallmark. They're going to Target. They're going to Walmart. They're not going to Charlie Hustle. Shout out Charlie Hustle. You get a lot of my money every single Christmas you have for the last 10 years. I guarantee you that. Look up your records. I'll go to all these places down on the plaza where I know people are just like gearing up to go to church that night, which I will go on Christmas Eve. But every year, and here's the twist. I listen, to the same, I listen to the same two songs with my windows down, no matter what the temperature is, blaring. And they are? Merry Christmas, baby, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town, Bruce Springsteen. Nice. And I love it, too, because sometimes I will uh, get to a stoplight. And I love the introduction to Merry Christmas, baby. Because Bruce Springsteen gets on there with his raspy voice that some people love and some people hate. And he just does the, I just got something to say. And then he hits right into the, Merry Christmas, baby. And I've done it twice in my life. It only happens every once in a while. But I've been at the light where it's red, the windows are down, and people are looking at me like I'm an absolute buffoon crazy person. And I'll look them dead in the eye, and I'll hit that line at the top of my lungs. And the two times I've done it, I've gotten applause, and I've gotten a thumbs up and a Merry Christmas. It might be a good place to find love. Roll up next to a, to yep. a lady and serenade her with some Bruce Springsteen. I mean, you tell me what, man. I can hit you some Bruce Springsteen yeah. songs. Okay. I'm on fire. Fire, that song. Dancing in the dark. Secret, gar- Secret Garden, man. If you know every word to Secret Garden and you can serenade a lady with it, I guarantee you're going to get a kiss. Thousand percent. Bruce Springsteen sucks balls, but every- everybody has their own opinion. That's fair. Eh, whatever. Listen to Merry Christmas, baby, and tell me if that sucks. So I guarantee you it doesn't. You got one that you think you I, do that no one else does? I, I thought everyone did it as a child. Mm-hmm. I Growing up, we didn't do, we don't have any, like, crazy traditions, but we would sit around a circle, siblings, parents, mm-hmm. gift giving. We would go one by one. Mm-hmm. This is like a conversation for each gift. Oh, I thought of you when I saw this, and so I went at, you know, laying the foundation, 
Um, and, and the whole gift giving thing takes like multiple hours. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we're all showered with gifts. We have a you know handful of gifts each. Yeah. But I mean, it's like a five minute ordeal for someone to open a present. And then, I, you know, you grow up, you go to friends' houses, you go to your know, girlfriends, Christmases, and every one I've been to outside of my own, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, one, two, three, go. And everyone really? just opens all the presents. And I feel like such a loner. I hope I get some support on the text line tonight. You're not a loner from your uh, co-host. That's how we do it at both of my households. Um, So do you get, okay, like an hour in, are you like, can we please wrap this up? No, because we don't. Now, maybe like when we were younger, nowadays it's like more so like there's like four or five gifts, some of which are a continued tradition. Like we always get a calendar. Um, I also have a tradition I think not a lot of people do. My stepmom does this. It's a fantastic gift idea. She'll give us like a big brown box of key essentials. So we'll get uh, like laundry detergent, dryer sheets, toothpaste, uh, loofahs, bath soap, hand soap, deodorant, shave, or razors. Idea. Dude, it's awesome. And we get the bulk packaging. So you get like four toothpaste tubes. You'll get like four new razors. You'll get, you know, a, a, all that stuff that like instead of having to like, if you are running out, which for me that knows I'm getting it, I'll kind of like plan it out. When we get to like November, I'm like, yeah. easy on the detergent, you know? We're getting ready to get a new one. So that's a good one. But no, at our house, we've always been, all right, Jeff, you start. All right, Summer, you're next. All right, Dusty, you're up. And so on and so forth. All right, Dad. All right, Mary. All right, you know, all the way around the house. And somebody says, we go one at a time, takes three hours. Why are you in a hurry on Christmas? I like it as an yeah. adult, but as a kid, it used to be just like agonizing. Do you believe this one from the Texan? I do. We eat Christmas dinner at Quick Trip, then we go home for movie night. Can you specify on what you're eating for dinner at Quick Trip? Because I could give you 49 minutes of my exact, what I would go through if I had Christmas dinner at Quick Trip. Everything that comes out of Quick Trip is delicious. I mean. Every, everything. I have a problem with Quick Trip. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I came into the studio with Quick Trip tonight, man. It's, it's so it's, good. I, they should sponsor me. Um, I go there for coffee multiple times a week. The movie yeah. night part is very normal, so I, I'm, I'm okay with this. Have text. you started to dive into Christmas movies yet? I like Four Christmases. Great movie. That'd be my go-to. Other than that, I'm indifferent. Like The Christmas Story, mm-hmm. uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. I'm, I'm okay with them. Yeah. Uh, but Four Christmases is my like go-to. Love it. Or reliable. Hey, man, can I give you some gas money for the trip down here? Actually, no, you can't. I make way more money than you, and I don't need to take your money. Dude, I thought we were great friends. We were, and then you started having sex with my mom. Uh, I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation the other night, and I watched Elf. That was my double feature the other night. Every single Christmas movie I do watch or when I take time to watch Christmas, it's always a double feature. And then the other night, and AMC helps with that, uh, the other night it was Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2, and I turned it on right when he was eating the macaroni and cheese, so I was like, not going anywhere. And then Home Alone 2 started right afterwards, and I fell asleep. From the 913, every Christmas Eve, we do a build-your-own-sub sandwich with various meats, cheese, etc. Praise be on that. One of my buddies, we have uh, he has a gigantic pool. We go there a lot in the summertime. And we've gotten to the point now where, like, you know, every time we go over there, it's a different sort of potluck. Like, sometimes it's like, hey, bring a side. I'll provide this. Now it's almost, like, we'll probably go over there, like, six times over the summer. Three of those times, sub-sandwich bar fantastic idea for those of you that want to have something like that now how you want to like divvy it up between like who brings what and who does what like 
somebody provides the meat, somebody provides the bread, someone brings chips, somebody brings dips, whatever. There's not a worse thing in the, there's not a better thing in the world for like getting a bunch of people together. So like for our house on Christmas, we do taco bar. Nice. Right? Cause like you don't know where people have been. You bounce around with Christmas, you know, whatever occasion somebody's you go to your wife's you know you go to your in-laws you go back to your parents house taco bar rotel dip you get hungry you get hungry you don't you don't you want a snack boom you got it from the 913 check out dropkick murphy's the season is upon us know it says realistic what's going on at your christmas party and then our quick trip follow-up was hot dogs chips nachos etc is the kitchen closed on christmas uh, Christmas Eve? For a quick trip? It's no way. Christmas dinner. Oh. Oh, I guess it is Christmas dinner. Uh, I would assume probably. Speaking of subs, you ever had one of those, one of their subs out of that kitchen? I've been told to get one. My favorite thing out of the quick trip kitchen is the buffalo chicken grilled cheese. They ha- Their pretzel is amazing as well. Without butter on it. Yeah. I can't do it with butter. It just, it doesn't look right. Everything's, we could, we could just do the rest of the show by Quick Trip. 100%. Yeah. Like, I would love to have a Quick Trip in my house. I know the food is terrible for you. They also have good breakfast Power Bowls. Yeah, they do. Didn't even know that yes. existed. Yes. Great. Their ice cream cone is like 39 cents. I think it's like 89 cents. Somebody says a movie they like to watch is Bad Santa. It's all right. It's all right. I like it. It's all right. It's not Home Alone, Four Christmases, Jingle All the Way, very underrated. But yeah, I don't know. 913-586-7610. What is a Christmas tradition or holiday tradition that you do that you're sure no one else does? 913, eat a cheese roller as you're walking around and make a double chili dog and put the second wiener on extra cheese underneath the top of the wiener. That's a hell of an order from Quick Trip. I just found out the taquitos, the chicken ones, side of cheese sauce. Oh, man. Have you done it yet? I'll, I'll be doing it tonight. Dude, it's gnarly. Yeah, so you get a side of cheese, you get that salsa they have, salsa, or dip it in the cheese, drop a little salsa, smash. Amazing. Or the jalapeno cheddar sausage, Ooh. little cheese on the bottom of the bun, sausage on top, sauerkraut mustard on top of that. I, I always go sauerkraut mustard. Quick always. Trip. I don't know what it is. I, always, dude. Always. Jingle away, it's turbo time. Yeah, no doubt. He knows my name. That is the out of left field question on a Friday night. We'll get back into why I said the number one seed this year might be a little overrated. Might be a little overrated. I don't think you need it this year. I'll explain next on After Hours of 610 Sports Radio. Eve, my family thinks I'm a psycho, but they're not thinking I'm psycho when they smile and they see their gift. When did you get this? Yesterday? R.I.P. to Clarence Clemens on the sacks there. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, you know, Christmas is different for everybody, I guess. Um, 913 lost my mom 25 years ago. Still dealing with it ongoing, but it still bothers you the rest of your life after it happens. Remember the good stuff and not the arguments. No doubt about it, man. You know? I uh, lost my mom three years ago on December 1st. Her birthday is December 4th, and then Christmas is like 20 days later. So I know what the struggle's like, man. It's tough. Uh, Dan and KCK chimes in, a banner listener. 
I like smoked sausage and cornbread stuffing with gravy. What's your favorite dish on Christmas? Take care. Ham. You bring out a ham on Christmas, I'm there. I'm not going anywhere. My mom's lasagna. I know that's so that's great. So stereotypical. No, man, it's everybody's lasagna in the world. Does she make it with uh, ricotta or ricotta cheese? Ricotta. Okay. Yeah. We made ours with cottage cheese. A lot of people are like, ugh, you don't know it's cottage cheese when you eat it. It all melts. She makes like this, this sour. Oh, Mm. it's a great spread on Christmas, man. I do love the hot, cold combination of Italian food. Like you get a nice hot plate of spaghetti and meatballs. You got like a nice cold Caesar salad or like a Greek salad with it. And then back to the breadstick for the hot, the garlic. There ain't no weight loss in Italian food. Somebody from the 913 says, we watch a long kiss goodnight, die hard, and lethal weapon. I do like Lethal Weapon because my favorite part of the whole movie is when he and Busey, Riggs, that is, are out on the front lawn and it's pouring down rain. And he just looks at him and says, you want a shot at the title, Jack? And then he puts him in that neck lock with his legs. God, I love Lethal Weapon, man. Hey, bad guys. (laughs) Uh, Dude, smoked ham from Fritz. Smoked meats is the bomb. Yeah, you put a ham on a table at Christmas, and I'm going to be, I'm just going to be hammed out. You put a honey-baked ham on that table, I'm going to have to take a patch. On Thanksgiving, too. I mean, I eat turkey yeah. out of, like, Respect. I feel bad for it. We've yeah. got to eat it on Thanksgiving. I'd much rather have ham. Somebody so superior. juicy bison burnt ends. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that either. Heisman Trophy is announced Saturday, I believe. The Jaden Daniels Award Show. Yes. Go ahead and slam dunk that in there. Somebody says from the 913, the Christmas they watch is The North Pole. Great great movie starring Peter North. You're disgusting. You're not. You're hilarious. I remember I said that name in my house when I was like 17 years old. And like every single one of my parents were like, how do you know that name? And being the witty guy that I can be at times, I looked at my parents and said, how do you know that name? Conversation ended. Oh. <laughs> it was funny. That's, that's a good one, man. Yeah. I, like, walked behind my stepdad. I was like, right behind you, Peter North. My parents were like, how in the world do you know that name? From the 913, ham is superior. It's a punishment. We have to pretend to like it on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah. A hack for people wanting some tasty honey-baked ham. Two ham bones are, like, $15. Big-ass bone and lots of tasty ham on it. And then let me guess, let me guess, you make a ham and bean soup with the bone marrow and use all that as like a broth and eat that like three days later. Mm. That's where I differentiate. I don't like ham and bean soup. I don't know what it is. I know. I should try it again. That little bit of cornbread to go with it. Oh, my goodness. That's like one, like one of the like staple soups I don't like. Oh, yeah, they did say usually used in beans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you throw me some ham on Christmas, you ain't going to see me anywhere near anything else but that ham. Because I am that guy that I'll wash my hands, like, repetitively. I do that already in the restaurant and shit. Like, my fingers are already starting to crack. Sucks. I hate it. I get, like, bloody knuckles. You remember that game? Did you ever play that game, bloody knuckles? (laughs) I remember the game. I I didn't play it too often. (laughs) Yeah, that's what my knuckles look like, like, mid-December. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's coming, man. I got, got, like, uh, uh, mechanic hands, minus the, the black fingernails. Everything else is just nasty. But, yeah. Have you guys ever done a Christmas family vacation? No. no. We used to go to Springfield. That's where my dad's family was from. Um, we used to go to Springfield when it was his holiday. That was cool. 
Yeah. But that was as far as we went. We never went anywhere else. I have gone out of town for family Christmases, never like an on-location holiday. Yeah. No. We talked to start the show about the number one seed. I had tweeted last weekend when they lost to the Green Bay Packers and got scrutinized and just absolutely just destroyed because I said the number one seed is over. It should be interesting to see what Patrick Mahomes can do on the road this year in the playoffs. And people just decided to come after me and say, you do realize there's five games left. Yes. Yeah. I know how the NFL season works. You do realize that we've been the number one seed before and it got down to the last week. Yes, I understand that. But my logic behind the one seed not being there isn't doom and gloom. It isn't, well, if they don't get the one seed, they're effed. That's not my take on that. My take on the one seed this year is that this is probably the first year in many, or at least the first in the first six years that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, where the one seed to me is not as vitally important as it has been in the past. And I get it. You can sit on the cliche hill and say, yeah, but you get a bye week. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be a top four seeded team no matter what. They're going to get a first round home playoff game, right? So that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. They can still play the AFC Championship game in their own house. But if they do have to go on the road, they're the four seed. So if they handle business, right, let's say they are the four seed. Right now they're the three. Jacksonville loses this weekend. They're almost guaranteed at least a three seed or higher. You're going to play your first game at home, and you're going to play somebody like Pittsburgh or Cleveland. The reason to me the one seed isn't as vitally important this year as it has been in the past, one, you've got a damn good defense. And two, that counteracts to what you might play in the playoffs. Now, this will obviously change from now until the end of the season, but your seeding as of right now is Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City, Jacksonville, followed up by Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Cleveland. And as of right now, if the playoffs started today, according to this model, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, no. Indianapolis in the playoffs against Kansas City. I understand. Does Indianapolis have some really good receivers? They do. They've got a guy in Michael Pittman Jr. that I would love to see in red and white or red and yellow. Would love that. Michael Pitt Nasty is a dog. Love that man as a wide receiver. His dad was a dog of a running back. But again, you're not worried about Indianapolis, right? It's Gardner Minshew. And one thing that I think we always forget about when it comes to the playoffs is the concept of what really matters, head coach and quarterback. Now, is Miami a little bit of a threat in South Beach? Maybe. What's their playoff experience with this team? One game, one loss, and they looked atrocious. Couldn't get the ball snapped in time, running out of play clock, head coach so nervous he's hitting a jewel on the sidelines. We know he was doing that. Let's say those seeds kind of fluctuate around. You play Cleveland, DTR, or Joe Flacco. If you lose to one of those guys, it just won your year. One seed or not, it just won your year. You play Pittsburgh, right? You trust Mike Tomlin to get it fixed, right? They lost to Arizona. They lost to Bailey Zappi last night. Two bad skids in a row. That Arizona game was weird. There was like a nine-hour weather delay in the middle of that game. Whatever you want to call it. But again, the quarterbacks that you're facing, you've got a banged-up Trevor Lawrence. You've already beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. If you were to have to play them on the road at some point, I doubt you will. 
Miami, you beat in Germany. Tough conditions because you're flying, time differential, all sorts of which was still on the road. Cleveland, Joe Flacco, DTR, however you want to look at that. Gardner Minshew of the Colts, first-year head coach there as well. Mike Tomlin, yeah, good coach, but he's got Mitchell Trubisky. And Josh or Mike McDaniel and Tua, yeah, they're going to want revenge. But again, the one team in this entire playoff picture that has the most experience and the best resume going into the playoffs is the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand the bye week is incredibly important, but you might have the opportunity that if you know the one seed is out and you can be a two or a three seed, does it matter if you play Cleveland or Indianapolis at home? To me, no. Take that week seven or week 18 game off. You play the Chargers. They're going to mail it in. They don't care. Let everybody play except Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, Rasheed Rice. Get MVS's ass out there and make him get some routes in. Get Sky Moore out there. Get Kadarius Tony out there for a little bit. But I don't think the number one seed is vitally important as it has been in the past. I feel like I'm okay if you don't have a one seed in the AFC playoff picture. Now, the NFC, role reversed. The one seed is massively important in the NFC because in that side of the bracket, teams are a little bit more competitive. Green Bay's San Fran would be your 7-2 game right now. 6-4 or 6-3, Minnesota-Detroit. Say what you will about or about Josh Dobbs. That's a divisional game that is going to be on fire. Dallas-Atlanta, that's probably your, I don't need to watch this game at this point. Now, that game can change, obviously, throughout time. But Green Bay-San Fran, tough game the way Green Bay's been playing. A little bit tougher than what Cleveland versus Baltimore might be, even though that's also a division game. Indianapolis-Kansas City, not as tough as a game that might be Minnesota-Detroit. Right? Detroit's going to the playoffs for the first time in, what, 70 years? That's a joke, obviously. But then again, the NFC side of things, it's almost like the roles have reversed. You're more feared to have to go to Philadelphia, go to San Francisco. You're more luxurious if you have the one seat or the bye week that week in the NFC. As the AFC, Dolphins have the one seat. They don't necessarily know the significance of it except the bye. They might have a team like Kansas City come into South Beach in the divisional round and be like, wow, they're really sl- they, they've really slowed things down. They realize that there's a lot of game to be played. Other guys might be pressing. The guy that has the most playoff experience on that team is Tyreek Hill. Where'd it come from? Kansas City. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and look, this is the best year in the Mahomes regime for us to not have the one seed for the chiefs to not have the one seed and maybe play a couple of playoff games on the road at any team in the AFC one game. I'm picking the Kansas city chiefs. Right. And that probably extends to any team in the NFL, save San Francisco. I'm not sure that I believe that I have seen enough mm-hmm. that I, I can get on board with this team, eliminating the drops, the penalties, the turnovers, the lack of red zone execution in three straight games. I don't care if they're playing Joe Flacco. I don't care if they're playing prime Peyton Manning. Right. Uh, the way he used to torture them in the playoffs, John Elway, so on. They weren't playing against this guy. No. It's true. That's the I'm thing. I'm operating right now. How do we get this one seed? Um, and, and look, if they take care of business this week, all of a sudden we're looking at Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, and Jake Browning the next three weeks, and it's really in play. Right. I'm with you. It's not as important as it usually is. Yeah, it's not a must-have like it was when you had guys like Tom Brady in your division right? and Josh Allen on all cylinders in your division. Josh Allen out of the playoffs as of right now. C.J. Stroud and the Texans out of the playoffs right now. Russell Wilson, those Denver Broncos, could be out of playoff contention after this week if the Chargers can beat them. 
So last again. year's last year's AFC playoffs, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all healthy, all playing mm-hmm. well. It's just not the case this year. And Trevor Lawrence came from behind, beat Justin Herbert, then met Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and lost. Yes. And then Joe Burrow met Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and lost. And then you went and played in the Super Bowl against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and they lost. Experience, major key. That's why it was a major key in the past, right? Tom Brady knew what it was like to get into the playoffs. He didn't necessarily need the one seed. They played Kansas City in 2018. They won an arrowhead in overtime. Weird game, but they knew they'd go in there and win. Just like you have to know, eventually, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go on the road in the playoffs, and he can win. He played Miami on the road, even though they were considered the home team, and won. They went to Jacksonville, and they won. Was it pretty? No. Was was Kelsey healthy? No. But they won 17-9 against Jacksonville on the road in the season. So, one seed, to me, not as vitally important. Coming up on the other side, the injury report that came out, Isaiah Pacheco is not going to play along with Drew Tranquil, along with Brian Cook. They're out. But there is some upside to guys being out with guys being in and why things could be different for one side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nathan, I'm Dusty, the 610 Sports Radio, and you're listening to After Hours. Injury report came out today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Significantly noted, no Isaiah Pacheco, no Brian Cook, no Drew Tranquil. Nick Bolton will be back and expected to play. So with no running back situation, with your starter being out, you are leaning on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, your backup backup running back. Jarek McKinnon, I believe, will be available. Not sure what his workload will be. Clyde Edwards-Alaire's over-under total in this game rushing is 50-and-a-half. Would you take over or under for one C-E-H? That's tough. Uh, I'm going to go with the over based on volume. Um, And we talked about it earlier. um, Well, it actually reminds me of that first playoff game against Buffalo in the AFC Mm -hmm. Championship. The Chiefs were down both tackles. Uh, I know McColl, like, muffed a punt early. It wasn't a great start. And that was one of those, like, Andy Reid God games, like manufacturing touches breaking out every, exploring every nook and cranny of the playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we see that in the run game. Um, I, st- I think we see a lot of motion in the backfield, a, a Tony play, mm-hmm. um, maybe a Sky Moore play. Um, I'm confident he gets, he can milk a lot out of Clyde if we need him for a few weeks. Now, look, my tone would be different if Pacheco is out for the year. Um, but I, I think if they can make do this weekend. The receiving props, Travis Kelsey sits at 70 and a half. Rasheed Rice, 51 and a half. I feel like with the running game taking a step back with your starter being out, who's been part of the three-headed monster that's kind of gotten this offense back to a reliable source, um, I feel like it's got to take a, a step up. And I think the Rasheed Rice, 51 and a half, which is minus 115 on DraftKings, seems like it should be a lock. But again, that Buffalo secondary that's gotten better throughout the season. Um, Jarek McKinnon, 18 and a half receiving. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 14 and a half on receiving. Yeah, McKinnon is the guy that I really think 
could step up and make a difference in this game. We haven't seen it this year like we have in the past where mm-hmm. he's brought along late late in the season. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe this is the weekend. No, Rasheed Rice, you say 51 and a half? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that saying if he's not – if that under if that under hits, uh, are we looking at a problem Sunday yeah. at about 6, 7 o'clock? And Vegas maybe or, MG, or whoever, DraftKings maybe as well, might have the same sort of – I don't know, mindset as the text line has where he says, over rushing yards is dumb. We're going to get behind and abandon the run and play's going to throw, and I don't know, going to throw it at least 45 times. Pat's going to throw it 45 times. Just a typo there. Mahomes over under yards is 273 and a half. That's a big number, in my opinion. Now, this game to me is going to go one of two ways. This game is either going to be one of those games that's going to be a gut check sort of God mode game for Patrick Mahomes where they're going to be down 14, nothing early, similar to that Raiders game, but a better team. So I'm not saying it might be a 31 to three runoff towards the end of the game, but this is one of those games where I could see Buffalo coming out early, going up 14, 10, nothing. And then it's like, we hear Romo and Nance say, well, we've seen this before. Patrick Mahomes coming from behind is 15 and 10 on the seat or on his career. Let's see what happens. And you see that sort of, you know, I'm the best in the land. Ain't nobody better than me. This is my house. I'm tired of the narrative that this offense sucks. I'm tired of everybody saying that I'm not the same quarterback that I was maybe two years ago. If anybody is saying that and watch me do my magic. Or on the other side, this is a game in which the Chiefs control from start to finish because they're playing at home. They're coming off a loss in which Patrick Mahomes hasn't lost back-to-back games since the 21-22 season where they lost in weeks two and three in back-to-back games. I don't know who wins this game, but I could see it being the Chiefs who are now a one-point favorite. So it's essentially a pick game. With the Isaiah Pacheco injury, I think a lot of the whales have moved quicker than normal to the Buffalo side of things because they maybe look at Buffalo's record at Arrowhead in December. They look at, you know, Buffalo's in a must-win situation. But again, it's a home game against an AFC opponent. This, to me, screams one of those Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to do it all myself type of games. I'm going to make sure the receivers cannot drop the ball because I think Patrick Mahomes has 54 passes, leads the league, of catchable passes that have been drops. Not only that, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to have his best season for completion percentage where his team leads the league and drops with 29. I think Josh Allen is second. Could be. I could be wrong. I think I saw something earlier that indicated that. Between that and how often these teams turn the ball over, um, I I don't know what to expect on Sunday. And the line being, you know, just just one uh, negative one for the Chiefs at home is kind of surprising. I I would not be surprised to see either of those games to see a vintage. We are winning this game mm-hmm. from Pat and Andy or a, Hey, they're down five. Like they were last Sunday. And right. like Pat Kelsey figure it out. Um, you know, and it's a sloppy, I think that was more of the game last year. It was 23, 20 or something against Buffalo here at home. And Patrick threw that interception on the yeah. last drive. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen either. Yeah. You just got to stay mistake free. Don't let that offense dictate the time of possession. I don't know if this has got the legs to be one of those classic shootouts like we've seen in the past. Um, 
just because the Chiefs' defense hasn't been where it's at like it is so far this year. Plus, there's just weird tension on both sides. Like, are the Chiefs still an unstoppable force? Is Buffalo's window closed? They have to win to continue their season or their franchise with what they have currently. Can the Kansas City Chiefs keep an eye on that number one seed? All of that is going to be talking points for CBS when this game starts. We wrap this show up. We get to my final thoughts. There's one that's absolutely absurd. There's another one that involves a local wide receiver where you just got to man up, dude. Everybody had the same opinion. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Final segment here as we get ready to say goodnight. Doesn't feel like we've been here for three hours. But we have. Technically longer than that. Friday night in the big town. Kansas City, that is. Looks like the rain has stopped, so nice little somber 49-degree Friday evening. Got any plans after the show, or are you just going home, kicking out, laying out? Grab something to eat, head home, man. You got to do the the taquito and the cheese sauce? Oh, I might. Dude, I might so, just stop on a quick trip. It's so just beyond. Um, I'm sure I will try it before I see you next. Yeah, full report. Yeah. Yeah, two taquitos. Um yeah, I also noticed that if you order the breakfast sandwiches, much better than if you just go pick one out. I know that's probably like, duh, but I'll wait from here on out. Um, final thoughts, stuff that I didn't think uh, really fit a full five to ten minute segment on the show. You heard the audio today, your favorite wide receiver. Maybe everything going on. Uh, I mean, you know, like, you know, the drops here and there, and then, you know, things happen late in games. I'm, I don't really know what you're referring to. Um, you know, it's... It is what it is. It's football. I'm not going to make every play. So, you know, it's not really anything that's going on that doesn't happen in the other season that doesn't happen in any other player in this league. So, I must say, yeah, uh, do, do you take – I mean, do you hear any outside noise at all? For what? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs uh, is who I play for, not for anybody else. Interesting comments from one MVS, in my opinion. Look, I'm not saying – that everybody has to have this sort of leadership mentality that Patrick Mahomes has. But what do you hear week in and week out from the leader of the team? Right? I've got to be better. And that's coming from the best at the biz at his position. I've got to be better. I've got to give my guys better opportunities. Never, you know, pushing it off with, well, other quarterbacks throw interceptions in the league. Sometimes interceptions happen. Nah, it's always just like, I got to be better. We got to put them in better position. And we'll, you know, go back, look at film, practice this week, and figure it out what we can do better next week than we did this week. I, Plain and simple. I completely understand being upset at the way a question is phrased. Sure. Feeling like you're put in the corner. But, um, hey, everyone makes mistakes, and I'm not going to make all the plays. Mm-hmm. That's a wild thing to say. Right. That's wild. That's something that the leadership of this team would never – you would never hear. And, again – tough question, right? But you have to expect those types of questions when the production has been the way that it is, right? Hey, there's drops. Is it a tough question to be asked? For sure. Are you a professional athlete that gets prepped on these questions with PR? Probably. Do you listen to outside sources? I'm 90% sure that they tune into either radio shows every once in a while they read on twitter every once in a while they know who the beat writers are 
There's no secret in that. And if you're somebody like MVS who's had a rough go, who makes the most money as a wide receiver, which, again, that's not your fault. That's what you were paid. But they paid you to be productive. They paid you to answer the tough questions. This is where that sort of stuff gets leaned on. And to see this sort of response is a little, just a little eye-opening. Because I would have loved to have seen, and again, I'm not an athlete. I don't get asked questions by the media. For the most part, I ask the questions. But I would have liked to have seen, yeah, I've had some big drops this year. I've got to get better at not doing that and have my team being able to depend on me and make those catches in those situations. Do I hear outside noise? Sure. Do I take it to, you know, do I take it with a grain of salt? Absolutely. I know what my job is. I know who my teammates are. I know what we do here in Kansas City, and that's what we do. We, they, you expect to win. Again, everybody's different. Everybody's response is different. Not everybody acts the same way. But that just wasn't really what you wanted to hear in a situation in the season where you're currently at. Because what do we hear after he dropped the pass against Philadelphia? Nine out of ten times, MVS catches that ball. Okay. Well, if that's the one time he drops the ball, then the nine out of ten times are irrelevant. In a game like that versus a team like that with the magnitude of the situation, make the catch. $11 million, make the catch. You get asked the tough questions, you're the athlete. They're coming to you. You can send them away. And when you answered it that way, guess what? It went viral, and it made final thoughts. Last final thought, don't be insecure. Don't be insecure, fellas. This comes from Oklahoma as an Oklahoma cop. uh, uh, He was arrested for assaulting a sex shop clerk who defended the cop's wife in an argument about the size of her sex toys. If that's getting your man arrested and your man is acting that way, get out. There ain't no room for that. That's insecurity 101. You ought to know that. If he's getting in fights with you and you got to have a sex toy clerk operator defend you and get beat up for you, you might want to go out on a date with that clerk because that's a guy that sees everything from couples to relationships to sizes to toys to whatever it may be. And he's out here defending a lady that he's never met before, but he knows that her man's insecure. Why do you want that one? What's it matter? Let her live her life. Don't be insecure. That thing doesn't have a heartbeat, doesn't have a mind, doesn't have a mouth. Well, well, that I don't know. Yeah. But the fact that there's guys out here getting beat up and arrested because they're insecure about their wife's novelty. In all walks of life. It is. In all walks of life, I am interested in things that make my life easier, that mm-hmm. make obtaining pleasure more convenient. Mm. You know what I mean? Praise be. I don't, I don't get it. And I'm not punching anyone in the face over nah, it. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, it'd be different if she was like, I like that guy. He's 6'5". You're 5'10". Okay. Sure. Well, I can't help my height. Maybe I'm not your type. But you can't help the, the other part either. Yeah. Just don't be insecure. It's the holiday season. Live life. Have fun. Love everybody. If they don't love you, love them harder. If they hate you, find out reasons why you should like them more. I know I've got some people in my life that really don't like me at all. But that's okay. At least you're thinking about me. Even if I'm not thinking about you, I'm on your mind. Nathan's good stuff tonight. Appreciate your time here, man. As always, always fun on a Friday night. It goes quick. Thanks to Jay Binkley, who joined us again at 630 on a Friday night. Kansas City, stay safe, man.
Get through these holidays. Don't let it stress you out too much. Go do kind things for people. Open a door. Tell them hi. Tell them, hey, you look nice. You're a good-looking human being. I just want to let you know that. Be safe. Go do nice things. You can change their day, week, month, or a year. I'm Dusty Like. It's Kansas City. Good night. It's cool to care. Happy holidays. Love you.